Good evening, everyone. Today we'll be talking about this minute um, environmental stewardship and conservation. Pretty much talking about taking care of anything around you, the nature, um, your, your, pretty much anything nature stuff to make it look clean and pure as Henry Father created it. This beautiful earth, all things on, on, on it are the creation of God. As beneficiary of the divine creation, we would care for the earth by wise stewardship over it and preside, uh, preserve it for future generation. This, the earth and all things on it are A part of God's plan of the redemption of his children should be used with responsibility to Satan's the human family. However, all steward not own over the earth is bound to and will be accountable before God for what they do with his creation. All all humankind should gratefully use what God gave us, avoid wasting life and research, using the bounty of the earth for caring of the All humankind should gratefully Used with God given, uh, um, avoid wasting life and cleansing with bounty on the earth for, care, uh, for caring for the poor and the needy. Truly, we've invented the creation and we must appraise in His creation. God instead, He created His creation to be plans to look upon the evolution that mind and spirit. For the reason making the earth ugly offend him. It is important to see in the glory and creation of God in creation uh, everything about us. Because that the state of the human and soul information environs each effort earth other the earth were all living things the explaining of the universe all equal witness of him. Why does God care about the earth? Accounting the principle and creation show that God craves about all his ma ma man made has made his children to on the earth and all living things on the earth. Its fitness will first create it spiritually. At the great verge of life, from God created created give the earth. Its bounty and diversity. The earth is created on all eternity. The earth uh, will be sentient to receive um, creation glory. It will be the home of righteousness with joy, God, person. What is the role of the earth in the plan of salvation? The earth is the plan where God and children expect improving the and pro progress. Most important earth. Is will be the Savior took a mortal body and complained in complaining the gift of the atonement and brought about the resurrection. The earth all teaches us 
We learn from example the law of principle and printing by which friction. We learn respect and humility when we work with nations, nature, and not against it. It will allow us to see works of God that bears testimony of Him. What does it mean to steward on the earth and its resurrection? God has made our complaint for the earth care and privilege of the earth and the wise of us its resurrection. As steward, we avoid complaining, explaining, compensating, using only what is our home our homes, neighbors, and cities beautiful. We preserve resurrection and perfect of future good generation and the spiritual and temporal blessings of nature. Wasn't the earth created with enough res uh, research for all? The earth is endowed with an area of nature resurrection that we provide for the human family. If they are used as the Lord instructed to care for the poor and needy, not Use more than needed is needed to avoid waste and not for effectively take resurrection from others. Research from others. The fullness of earth is be used with wisdom and re uh, restoration. If the earth will be changed at the second coming of Jesus Christ, why does it matter if we care for the earth and conservation? It's, it's pleased God that it, He has given the earth and the good things that come of it as blessings to us. They are not provided for all temporal and needed, for, but we are given the golden, the heart, and in the soul. They are living souls to the complete with the creation of him. The earth and all living things on it were for first spiritually created was blessing by God as good and are to fulfill the manger of the creation that God has given them in our creation, provide the creation with, with whether except or reject all accomplishments to God. How does the church protect stewardship and conversation? The church strive to convert management energy pollution. It's important a green building industry, the important design, creation providing water converts effect, including the use of smart controllers, humidity, humidity rain sensors, Drip in creation and secondary or relaxing water. In 2013, the church headquarters complained recycling about 100 tons of carbon, 65 tons of paper, 26 tons of plastic, and 2 tons of aluminum. Farms and ranch lands are predicted for organizing to nature, discipline, natural organization are used. How can I give info my community care for the earth? Check with all your local unity company, local community groups for the intern field suggestion to, conf to converse 
energy into recycling support and community recycling. Program considers joining community guard, guard support local civil groups that promote stewardship and converse me to involve citizens in government. Be in full respect the view of others that everyone with civil. What what can I do? Learn, put in, and pray about what we can do to be better steward using the heuristics of the earth, spiritually and realistic, adopt life and personal habits. The respect where we live, work, listen, and worship, make your own living space more beautiful and in sports complaint. That the way that nature be, uh, bears testimony of God and the humanity between the laws and prison of nature and the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Job 12, 7-10 it says, But ask not the base and that shall teach thee and the flowers of the air, they shall tell thee. Or speak to the earth and it shall be Shall teach thee, teach thee, and the flesh of the sea shall declare unto thee, who knows not all things? These that had hand of the Lord have winged this, in whose bond of uh, bond is the soul of every living thing, and the breath of all mankind. In Hebrews. What chapter one verse one and two it says, God who is standing times and divine meanings speak in time, pass out to the Father by the prophets. He hath these last days spoken unto us by His Son, whom He hath appointed here for all things, by whom also has He made the world. Then first Nephi seventeen thirty six it says, Behold, the Lord hath created the earth that it should be inhabitable, and hath created his children that he should process it. And then one more scriptures. Don the Covenant one thirty six twenty seven says, Thou shalt be delighted in his preserve what thou hast that ministry by be wise stewarded for the it's a free gift of the Lord, the God that all has stewarded. Alright, I'm going to do a couple of videos and then talk about what they was talking about. The Creation by President Wesley Nelson. This is in the April 2000 General Conference. We will long remember this inspiring conference in the new conference center. Not long ago, there was only a deep hole in the ground where this building now stands. We have watched its construction with interest and awe. The process of construction is truly inspiring to me. From conception to completion, any major building project reflects upon the work of the master creator. In fact, the creation 
of planet Earth and of life upon it undergirds all other creative capability. Any man-made creation is possible only because of our divine creator. The people who design and build are given life and capacity by that creator. And all materials used in the construction of an edifice are ultimately derived from the rich resources of the earth. The Lord declared, the earth is full and there is enough and to spare. Yea, I prepared all things. It is difficult for mortal minds to comprehend the majesty of the creation. It is much easier for us to think about good things to eat or fun things to do. But I would like to stretch our minds to think of things beyond our easy grasp. The creation of man and woman was wondrous and great. So was the creation of the earth as their mortal dwelling place. The entire creation was planned by God. A council in heaven was once convened in which we participated. There our Heavenly Father announced his divine plan. It is also called the plan of happiness, the plan of salvation, the plan of redemption, the plan of restoration, the plan of mercy, the plan of deliverance, and the everlasting gospel. The purpose of the plan is to provide opportunity for the spirit children of God to progress toward an eternal exaltation. The plan required the creation, and that in turn required both the fall and the atonement. These are the three fundamental components of the plan. The creation of a paradisiacal planet came from God. Mortality and death came into the world through the fall of Adam. Immortality and the possibility of eternal life were provided by the atonement of Jesus Christ. The creation, the fall, and the atonement were planned long before the actual work of the creation began. While visiting the British Museum in London one day, I read a most unusual book. It is not scripture. It is an English translation of an ancient Egyptian manuscript. From it, I quote a dialogue between the father and the son. Referring to his father, Jehovah, the premortal Lord says, he took the clay from the hand of the angel and made Adam according to our image and likeness. And he left him lying for 40 days and 40 nights without putting breath into him. And he heaved sighs over him daily saying, if I put breath into this man, he must suffer many pains. And I said unto my father, put breath into him. I will be an advocate for him. And my father said unto me, if I put breath into him, my beloved son, thou wilt be obliged to go down into the world and to suffer many pains for him before thou shalt have redeemed him and made him to come back 
to his primal state. And I said unto my father, put breath into him. I will be his advocate and I will go down into the world and will fulfill thy command. Although this text is not scripture, it reaffirms scriptures that teach of the deep and compassionate love of the father for the son and of the son for us, attesting that Jesus volunteered willingly to be our savior and redeemer. The Lord God declared, this is my work and my glory to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. He who, under the direction of the Father, had created the earth, subsequently came into mortality to do the will of his Father and to fulfill all prophecies of the atonement. His atonement would redeem every soul from the penalties of personal transgression on conditions that he set. Each phase of the creation was well planned before it was accomplished. Scripture tells us that the Lord God created all things spiritually before they were naturally upon the face of the earth. The physical creation itself was staged through ordered periods of time. In Genesis and in Moses, those periods are called days. But in the book of Abraham, each period is referred to as a time. Whether termed a day, a time, or an age, each phase was a period between two identifiable events, a division of eternity. Period one included the creation of atmospheric heavens and physical earth, culminating in the emergence of light from darkness. In period two, the waters were divided between the surface of the earth and its atmospheric heavens. Provision was made for clouds and rain to give life to all that would later dwell upon the earth. In period three, plant life began. The earth was organized to bring forth grass, herbs, trees, and vegetation, each growing from its own seed. Period four was a time of further development. Lights in the expanse of the heaven were organized, so there could be seasons and other means of measuring time. During this period, the sun, the moon, the stars, and the earth were placed in proper relationship to one another. The sun, with its vast stores of hydrogen, was to serve as a giant furnace to provide light and heat for the earth and life upon it. In period five, fish, fowl, and every living creature were added. They were made fruitful and able to multiply in the sea and on the earth, each after its own kind. In the sixth period, creation of life continued. The beasts of the earth were made after their kind, cattle after their kind, and everything which creepeth upon the earth, again, after its own kind. Then the gods counseled together and said, let us go down and form man in our image after our likeness. So the gods went down to organize man in their own image, in the image of the gods to form they him, 
male and female to form they them. Thus, Adam and Eve were formed, and they were blessed to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. The seventh period was designated as a time of rest. I testify that the earth and all life upon it are of divine origin. The creation did not happen by chance. It did not come ex nihilo out of nothing. And human minds and hands able to build buildings and create computers are not accidental. It is God who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people. The creation itself testifies of a creator. We cannot disregard the divine in the creation. Without our grateful awareness of God's hand in the creation, we would be just as oblivious to our provider as our goldfish swimming in a bowl. With deep gratitude, we echo the words of the psalmist who said, O oh Lord, how manifold are thy works. In wisdom hast thou made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. This earth is but one of many creations over which God presides. Worlds without number have I created, he said, and I also created them for mine own purpose. And by the sun I created them, which is mine only begotten. Grand as it is, planet Earth is part of something even grander, that great plan of God. Simply summarized, the Earth was created that families might be. Scripture explains that a husband and wife shall be one flesh, and all this that the Earth might answer the ends of its creation. And as part of the planned destiny of the earth and its inhabitants, here our kindred dead are also to be redeemed. Families are to be sealed together for all eternity. A welding link is to be forged between the fathers and the children. In our time, a whole, complete, and perfect union of all dispensations keys and powers are to be welded together for these sacred purposes holy temples now dot the earth though our understanding of the creation is limited we know enough to appreciate its supernal significance and that store of knowledge will be augmented in the future Scripture declares, In that day when the Lord shall come again, he shall reveal all things, things which have passed, and hidden things which no man knew, things of the earth by which it was made, and the purpose and the end thereof, things most precious, things that are above, and things that are beneath, things that are in the earth and upon the earth and in heaven. Yes, 
further light and knowledge will come. The Lord said, if there be bounds set to the heavens or to the seas or to the dry land or to the sun, the moon or stars, all the times of their revolutions, all the appointed days, months and years, and all their glories, laws and set times shall be revealed in the days of the dispensation of the fullness of times. Eventually, the earth will be renewed and receive its paradisiacal glory. At the second coming of the Lord, the earth will be changed once again. It will be returned to its paradisiacal state and be made new. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. Meanwhile, brothers and sisters, we should understand our significant responsibilities, both the creations of God and the creations of man. Teach us the importance of each component. Do you think that the absence of one piece of granite from the face of this building would be noticed? Of course it would. So it is with each son or daughter of God. We cannot let the head say unto the feet, it has no need of the feet. For without the feet, how shall the body be able to stand? Just as the body has need of every member, so the family has need of every member. All members of a family are to be linked, sealed, and edified together that the system may be kept perfect. The creation, great as it is, is not an end in itself, but a means to an end. We come to the earth for a brief period of time, endure our tests and trials, and prepare to move onward and upward to a glorious homecoming. Our thoughts and deeds while here will surely be more purposeful if we understand God's plan and are thankful for and obedient to his commandments. As beneficiaries of the divine creation, what shall we do? We should care for the earth, be wise stewards over it, and preserve it for future generations. And we are to love and care for one another. We are to be creators in our own right builders of an individual faith in God, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and faith in his church. We're to build families and be sealed in holy temples. We're to build the church and kingdom of God upon the earth. We are to prepare for our own divine destiny, glory, immortality, and eternal lives. These supernal blessings can all be ours through our faithfulness. I testify that God lives. Jesus is the Christ and creator. He is Lord over all the earth. He has established his church in these latter days to accomplish his divine purposes. Joseph Smith, is the great prophet of the restoration. President Gordon B. Hinckley 
is his prophet today whom I sustain with all my heart. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. As the creation by President Wilson and Nelson, uh, Elder Wilson Nelson, then he was in the coma of the Twelve Apostles. I was April 2000 General Conference, and I'm going to do one more review of this card. I believe August 1992. Or if you want to read it, it's called I Believe. If you want to read that, that's in 19... Um, let's see. We need a... Um, uh, let's... Just a minute. Why do we, um, we need a stewardship, uh, environmental stewardship and conservation. We need to keep it clean. What I've been telling you earlier, what President Nelson said, God created this earth. So we need to treat the, the earth like the temple as well because it's Henry Father's earth. He created it. Um. I'm going to do one more video. Um, I'm going to explain a little bit more and then I'll call it. Um, it's called, Why We Call Me Lord and Do Not the Things Which I Say by President Spencer W. Kimball. This is an April 1975 Junior Conference. Past week, <clears throat> we have been celebrating the Easter week. Happy Easter to you all. We read in the scripture, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of the keeper, for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here. For he is risen, as he said, 
come and see the place where the Lord lay. And so, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told thee. The hinge of history is on the door of a Bethlehem stable. The name of Jesus Christ and what it represents has been plowed deep into the history of the world, never to be uprooted. Christ was born on the 6th of April, being one of the sons of God and his only begotten, that his birth is of supreme importance. The ministry of Christ, nothing in all the world approaches these three pivotal years of his ministry, as did those three years. The crucifixion came. He needed to die that he might open the graves of all men as his own tomb was opened. Without the deep darkness of the crucifixion hour, there could have been no spring of coming from the grave. As in Adam, all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. That is why we rejoice today. O grave, where is thy victory? O death, where is thy sting? The eleven apostles followed Christ to the top of Mount of Olives. And this is recorded in our scriptures, which also said, that is, these angels, two angels that were there. Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some of you that there is no resurrection of the dead? The purpose of this conference is that we may refresh our faith, strengthen our testimonies, and learn the ways of the Lord from his duly appointed and authorized servants. May we take this opportunity then to remind each other of our covenants and promises and commitments. All members have been baptized by immersion in water and have received the Holy Ghost by the laying on of hands by properly authorized men who hold the holy priesthood. We all have been received by baptism into the church of Jesus Christ when we have humbled ourselves before God, desired to be baptized, have come forth with broken hearts and contrite spirits, and when we have witnessed before the church that we were truly repentant of all our sins and are willing to take upon us the name of Jesus Christ, having a determination to serve him to the end, and thus manifest by our works that we have received the Spirit of Christ unto the remission of our sins. With some of the brethren, we have just returned recently from the area conferences in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and in Argentina. In that southern world of Zion, we reminded them that Zion was all of North and South America, like the wide spreading wings of a great eagle, the one being North and the other South America. The church there was progressing and growing. The people are happy and inspired.
The youth are laughing and dancing as they grow to leadership. The gathering of Israel is affected when the people of the faraway countries accept the gospel and remain in their native lands. The gathering of Israel for Mexicans is in Mexico, in Scandinavia for those of the northern countries. The gathering place for the Germans is in Germany and the Polynesians in the islands, for the Brazilians in Brazil and the Argentines in Argentina. We express our appreciation to the Lord for his goodness as we direct the activities of three and a half million people ever growing more populous and more independent and even more faithful. Nearly 19,000 missionaries preach the gospel today. The field is white to the harvest and the missionaries and the members are bringing many to a knowledge of the gospel. We're sending missionaries to the four corners of the earth and to the ends of the world and look forward to the day when we shall take the exalting message to the all places in the north and the south and the east and the west and the islands of the sea. Truly, this is now a world church with nearly 700 functioning stakes, about 7,500 wards and branches, and about 150 missions. And we're approaching the covering of the earth with the gospel as the depths are covered with the mighty oceans. The church is healthy. The people generally are faithful. They are happy. Recently, a prominent Eastern visitor asked me the question, why are you, the Mormon people, such happy folks? And my answer was, it is because we have everything. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the light, the priesthood, the power, the promises, the covenants, the temples, our families, the truth. We have turned the church hospitals to an independent source for operation. We have dedicated a magnificent temple structure in Washington, D.C., and have announced another temple to be built in Sao Paulo in South America. In an earlier conference, we called attention to you that the Lord created us for us this beautiful world and gave command to our father Adam to till the ground and to dress the land and to make it habitable. That command continues to us. We recommend to all people that there be no undue pollution, that the land be taken care of and kept clean and to be productive and to be beautiful. He gave to us the herbs and the good things which come of the earth for food and raiment and houses and barns and orchards and gardens and vineyards, each in the season thereof. And all of this is given for the benefit and use of man, both to please the eye and to gladden the heart for food and for raiment, for taste and for smell, to strengthen the body and to enliven the soul. And it pleased God that he had given all these things unto man. For unto this end were they made to be used with judgment. We are concerned when we see numerous front and side and backyards that have gone to weeds, where ditch banks are cluttered and trash and refuse accumulate. It grieves us when we see broken fences, falling barns, leaning and up unpainted sheds, hanging gates of unpainted property. And we ask our people, again, 
to take stock of their own dwellings and properties. There's a story that President Brigham Young, having urged the people of certain communities to properly dress and clean their premises, refused to go back to them to preach to them, saying something like this, you didn't listen to me when I urged you to fix up your premises. The same doors are off their hinges. The same barns are still unpainted. The same fences are partly fallen. The following excerpt comes from a much-read magazine. Almost every backyard has what every person needs, a way to help cut inflation and ease the world food crisis in the process. It's called land. And there doesn't have to be much of it to help a lot. It can be the play area that doesn't get played on anymore. A sunny plot behind the garage. A 10-foot strip that runs across the back of the lot. Or the adjoining lot that was bought to grow grass and play catch on. And all you need to make this place lower your, cost food, your food costs is to raise your own vegetables on it. It's been calculated that a carefully managed garden just 15 by 20 feet in size can yield almost $300 worth of fresh food in six months. So the savings can be substantial. We're pleased that many people are planting gardens and fruit trees and are buying canning jars and lids. City officials here and many other individuals are planting patches of soil almost equal to the days of the Victory Gardens in World War II. We congratulate those families who are listening and doing. We make a conscientious effort to look out for our own members and we teach them to practice economy, to store a year's supply of basic commodities. We teach our people to live the laws of health. It's paying important dividends in longer and more healthy lives. A study of researchers at the University Center reveals the fact there is a significantly lower percentage of cancer of the lung and the esophagus among the Mormon church members. One prominent doctor said they are healthier and wiser for not smoking and drinking. He indicated the cancer of the esophagus is strongly related to alcohol. He said further, Utahns as a whole have 25% fewer deaths from heart attacks than do Americans at large, and this can be associated with less smoking. We're appalled at the reported dishonesty in many communities in our land that the loss through shoplifting and allied dishonest tricks runs into billions of dollars in this country alone. The Lord told Adam's posterity and carved it into the stone plates Thou shalt not steal. All parents who train their children against this deadly thing, which can destroy their characters. Honesty is socially and culturally right. Liars and cheaters are both dishonest and alien to our culture. Dishonesty of all kinds is most reprehensible. Thou shalt not steal. We call upon all the three and a half million members of this church to be honest, full of integrity, pay for what they get and take only that which they have properly paid for. We must teach our children honor and integrity.
From the beginning, we have been advised against gambling of every sort. The deterioration and damage comes to the person, whether he wins or loses, to get something for nothing, something without effort, something without paying the full price. Recently, the U.S. News and World Report ran a list of principal forms of crime in America with the cost per year of each. Losses in gambling led all the rest. Gambling losses were five times the narcotics bill, more than 20 times the cost of hijacking, four times the losses in embezzlements, fraud and forgery combined, 10 times greater than robbery, burglary, theft, and shoplifting. 25 times greater than vandalism and arson, and more than twice the cost of maintaining all federal, state, and local police, plus the expense of operation, uh, operating our penal system and the courts which handle criminals. And what was the cost of gambling? $30 billion per year. And yet, some states are introducing lotteries as a means of increasing their income. Some clubs, even some religious groups, sponsor gambling games. Think what could be done if this money were diverted into worthwhile lines. What would $30 billion a year do to help the starving people? We're ter terribly distressed to read in the press that smoking among women and teenagers is increasing that women are now beginning to get lung cancer in increasing numbers. About 80% of all lung cancers occur in cigarette smokers. But this is only the beginning of the problem. Cigarette smoking is, a, is similarly linked to emphysema, bronchial diseases, and heart diseases. They're costly diseases that cause much suffering and carry people away from life prematurely. The Lord gave a sacred revelation in 1833, what we have more recently learned through research. Hot, hot drinks are not for the body. This is tea and coffee. Tobacco is not for the body, and this, and is not good for man. Wine or strong drink is not good, neither meat in the sight of your father. The Lord knew when these things were discovered that constant smoking could lead to cancer, constant drinking could lead to many accidents and diseases. It is now a command to all his members. And as we see some members using these prohibited things, we wonder how they reconcile such activities with the statement of the Lord Jesus Christ when he said, and why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? We sincerely hope the members of the church will give heed. Two researchers at the University of Utah have given us proof. This church has a low death rate tradition. The state of Utah, with about 72% of its population claimed by the church in 1971, had the lowest death rate of any state in the continental United States. There were states with nearly twice that death rate. The survey shows that deaths due to heart, cancer, and liver-related diseases, three of the ten leading causes of death in America, are related to smoking and drinking, are less prevalent in Utah than in the United States generally. Thus, the church death behavior is related to the word of wisdom. 
And so we ask those who ignore this law, why, why? The Lord said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of the Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name have done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. This is serious business, living the commandments of the Lord, and sometimes taking it upon ourselves to ignore them. Back in the earliest days after the creation, the Lord said to Enoch, Behold these thy brethren, they are the workmanship of mine own hands. And I gave unto them their knowledge in the day that I created them. And in the garden of Eden gave I unto man his agency. We have no intent to take away from our friends and the other people of the world their agency in the use of these prohibited things. But we believe that the Lord when he gave the word of wisdom, was speaking to all the people in the world. We fear that never in the history of the world have there ever been so many people bowing to the God of lust than there, are, than there were bowing to the golden calves and the images of wood and stone and metal. This idolatry so closely associated with the destruction of mind and body could inundate the world. We note the great increase in divorces. We disavow them. We sorrow with them, realizing that if there are justifiable ones, the justifiable ones are few. Generally, divorce is spelled S-E-L-F-I-S-H-N-E-S-S on the part of one party, generally both. It is ugly and generally most destructive for the people concerned in their loss, their sorrow, their loneliness and frustration, particularly with the many children who are greatly deprived. It is easy to rationalize and justify the divorce. Our study reveals the fact that all too often it is because of their immoralities and their idolatrous worship of the God of lust. It is hard indeed to justify in one small city not far from us 272 divorces in the same time that 341 marriage licenses were given. And about that would be about the same in February. When women, men and women are selfless and devoted to their companions, they will have returned more nearly to the image of marriage by the Lord when he said, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. When men are true to their covenants, made with their wives, and are loyal and selfless, divorces will take a downward trend. Paul gave the injunctions, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church, and gave himself for it. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh. And when women forget their pettiness and selfishness and submit themselves to their own righteous husbands as unto the Lord, and when they are subject to their husbands as the church is expected to be subject unto Christ, then will the divorce rate reduce 
and families will grow and children will be happy, laughing children. God created male and female with special talents, powers, responsibilities, and with the ability to perform their special tasks. When men come home to their families and women devote themselves to their children, the concept will return when to be a mother will be the greatest vocation in life. She's a partner with God. No being has a position of such power and influence. She holds in her hands the destiny of nations, for to her comes the responsibility and opportunity of molding the nation's citizens. In a California stake, I heard a mother give this sermon. I am grateful that I am a woman. I am grateful that I am a wife. I am grateful that I am a mother. I am grateful that I am a Latter-day Saint. This, I thought, a powerful sermon. Motherhood is the greatest vocation. Much is being said in the press and in the pulpit concerning abortion. This Church of Jesus Christ opposes abortion and counsels all members not to submit to nor to participate in any abortion in any way for convenience or to hide sins. Abortion must be considered one of the most revolting and sinful practices in this day when we are witnessing a frightening evidence of permissiveness leading to sexual immorality. We take the solemn view that any tampering with the fountains of life is serious, both morally, mentally, psychologically, and physically. To interpret with, to interfere with any of the processes in the procreation of offspring is to violate one of the most sacred of God's commandments, to multiply and replenish the earth. Members of the church guilty of being parties to the sin of abortion must be subjected to the disciplinary action of the councils of the church as circumstances warrant. We remember the reiteration of the Ten Commandments given by the Lord in our own time when he said, Thou shalt not steal, neither commit adultery, nor kill, nor do anything like unto it. We see some similarities. We abhor pornography that seems to be flooding the land. Legislation makes an effort to curb it, but the best way to stop it is to have men and women with their families build barriers against it. We ask you, do you good people of your community want this ugly vice to corrupt your families and your neighbors? Moses came down from the quaking, smoking Mount Sinai and brought to the wandering children of Israel the Ten Commandments fundamental rules for the conduct of life. These commandments were, however, not new. They had been known to Adam and his posterity and had been who had been commanded to live them from the beginning and were merely reiterated by the Lord to Moses. And the commandments even antedated earth life and were part of the test for mortals established in the council of heaven. The first of the Ten Commandments requires that men worship the Lord. The fourth designates a Sabbath day especially for worship. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work.
It is evidence of man's failure to meet the individual test set for each of us before the creation of the world to see if they will do all things whatsoever the Lord their God command them. We urge our people to do all this on the weekday. Again we say, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? When the Lord said, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, we believe he meant exactly that. We're appalled at the conscious effort of many of the people in this world to take it upon themselves, presumptively, to change the properly and established patterns of social behavior established by the Lord, especially with regard to marriage, sex life, family life. We must say the wisdom of the wise men shall perish and the understanding of the prudent men shall be hid. Brethren and sisters, God bless you as you move forward to meet all your commitments, live the commandments. We bless you that your efforts become like that of the Lord, that you become more like him. May God richly bless you in your homes, in your families, in your personal lives. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As by President Spencer W. Kimball, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not say things what I say? We need to take care of our bodies. We need to take care of the land. We need to take care of everything we're supposed to. And it will protect us. And he will bless you. I promise you that when we take care of our bodies and the surrounding areas of life and our, our house, you're bringing fire to the Lord saying thank you so much for letting me have this house because it's from us and from the Lord. Please respect your body. Please respect the land. You'll be blessed. I say this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I hope you enjoy the rest of the week. I hope you enjoy the rest of the weekend. And talk to you later on the next one. Talk to you later. Love you. Bye-bye.